Hey, Gabe. Yes, Daniel. I know what you are. You're a heartless fast reader. Got me. Get it? Hit the theme music. Volume's a little better right now. We were a little loud before. We were? Yeah. Oh sound, my god. Sound good now? Yeah, well, we always seem a little too loud for me. Okay. Well, yeah, now we're now we're we're, we're a lot better. Before yeah, we were I'm, too loud. I'm pulling a full sound of metal. I'm a crazy ripped Riz Ahmed just uh-huh. trying to make my way through after being addicted to heroin when suddenly I'm going to start losing my hearing. Oh, that's interesting. That's a really good yeah, movie. Yeah, he's, he's ripped after being like addicted to heroin, which is yeah. like crazy. No, difficult. it makes a lot of sense that, you know, he turns everything into a ritual. Yeah. It's something that was on Prime. It's like my number eight favorite film of the year. All right. No, I, I heard I heard things about it being good. Yeah. Amazing but sound design. That said, welcome, dear listener readers. Hello. To Slow Readers. Your weekly fast-paced literature podcast. Brought to you by Top Gun Radio. Here, the conversation is always on books. It's always on reading. It's always on words on the page. It's always about espionage. It's always about... Pigeons. It's always about tunnels. It's always about cornwiles. It's always about the new year. Oh, yeah, it is, isn't it? It is. The, yeah, you forget. Hooray. Uh, yay, we're in 2021. Time means nothing. Who would have thought it meant something? I don't know. It doesn't. It really doesn't. Uh, Time's a flat surface. And if you're like, oh, yeah, but like, you know, vaccination's rolling out. Like, watch out. That European version of COVID's coming out. What's that? You didn't hear about that? Nope. There's a mutated version of COVID uh, that started kind of popping up in uh, in the in Europe. Uh-oh. Um, I don't know what exactly what that means besides the fact that it's like slightly different. However, uh, in the past few days, I want to say I got the pop notification that there was a case of that strain uh, in, I think, Colorado. Hmm. So. Well, from what I understand, um, they're all RNAs. So at the end of the day, the vaccine attacks RNAs, so we'll be fine. It just means it's going to spread differently and quicker. But once yeah. everyone gets the vaccine, it should be taken care of. And different, maybe even different symptoms or whatever. But like, but yeah, hopefully the idea is that the vaccination should cover it. I guess. Right? Let's hope. Okay. So on that cherry note, uh, let's talk yeah, about if world you love affairs. This kind of, if you love that kind of thing, if you uh-huh. if you come here for this show for all sorts of newsy goodness and analysis of acronyms that we don't quite understand, please go to <laughs> Apple Podcasts. Apparently, I've been saying Owl Podcasts. I say Apple really quickly. It sounds you like do? Owl. To owl Podcasts. Owl Podcasts. And leave us a review. Give uh-huh. us five stars and yeah. write the review saying, "Hey." I learned that I'm not going to die because of these dudes. Yeah. I'm going to a thousand person party tomorrow. Uh, that said, yeah. uh, I know you're going to ask and I'll get ahead of you. It's like, uh, there's no new written reviews. Oh, I wasn't going to ask. I, I've given up. But we've got a nice another like five star review from Sweet. No, I, you no, know what? We'll take it. I've I seen that number pop up by we'll, one. We'll fucking take it, you guys. Yeah. And and actually before, you know, I think we're leaving a little ahead. Let's pump the brakes here for a second. Uh. Gabriel. Who are you? Hello, everyone. My name is Gabe Mara. I'm a comedian every now and again. I'm a writer and a podcast producer of some <laughs> note. Co-host, who are you? I am an audio editor. Um, I didn't mean to say my name first. Yeah. I am Daniel <laughs> Gonzalez. And I am audio editor. <laughs> I am audio editor. Uh, Download I'm, Wondery Plus. I, I am a, a, or uh, Amazon Unlimited. I oh, don't know. Yeah, that's a thing now. Uh, that is a thing. Um, but uh, no, an audio editor and writer. Uh, yeah, yeah. Of speculative fiction? Of speculative fiction. Of market speculative as well. fiction? As well, mm-hmm. but yes. Uh, and yeah, no, the, the one company I work with, uh, Wondery, uh, was recently bought up by Amazon. It's pretty wild. Which is, it's just wild. And I'm still kind of like, ah, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Uh, who it, knows? Usually it's, you, mergers are great for, you know, people who own the company. Yeah. But like, I don't know, like as when that news broke, like the agreement wasn't actually like fully uh, brokered it wasn't actually nothing was signed yet it was just kind of like a gentleman's agreement hmm. um 
and yeah, I got a message from like the COO saying it's like, yeah, everyone's wondering. And I'm like, you know, nothing's going to change for like the foreseeable future. So, you know, that's good. I don't know. On that note, may I say the new Stitcher UI continues to infuriate. Yeah, it's still weird. I'm getting rid of it. I think like it's it's I don't know how to sort my shows. Yeah, they're not alphabetical. I don't know how they're sorted anymore. And my playlist never works. I have to stop and press play again every time. Yeah, well, I tell you what, so, like suck a dick, Stitcher. Uh, oddly enough, like, uh, yeah, and I they, don't want to switch to Spotify because I hate that UI too. The U, the the UI for 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 Stitcher, yeah, it's still kind of confusing. But like, I've been having less of the issues that I was having with the previous. For, oh, okay, I thought I almost pushed something. Uh-huh. Uh, I, th- th- like usually, like, cause like I would try to like download something and it would keep tr- starting and then failing and then like I, I would start downloading, I put it to sleep, and then I'd open up and be like, "Why'd you close? We stopped." Come on, dude, what happened? And it's been better for that. But that said like yeah no it's still it's still weird i haven't done like playlist right i can't arrange my playlist either it's it's fucking bullshit yeah and uh and gabe speaking about bullshit yeah <laughs> um not only is this going to be our new year's uh episode the first episode of 2021 sure is and not only that it's our last episode of 2021 <laughs> i don't know probably not but no uh i do want to say that uh i don't know if we've actually announced this fully mm-hmm. but like yeah we're gonna just take a small wee little break yeah because we're going to kind of like re-figure out like how we're going to be doing uh slow readers for 2021 yeah with both of us kind of getting busier i mean you're getting busier uh, i'm getting busier you will... i have to go find another job yeah that's how it is i'm a plebeian yeah um not a plebeian is that what a plebeian is plebeian well, I'm, is, common, uh, I'm a common person i'm part of the i don't know yeah you're working class yeah pretty much <laughs> yeah, that go. unfortunately my my freelance work is not quite so uh lucrative but it's very yeah. rewarding it's just not quite so lucrative it, it's yeah i mean that that's how it all fucking yeah i is, need like 30 you know? more hours a week yeah and uh, and at that point potentially you will be you'll be back to to spinning drinks over your heads and let's honestly fucking hope so fire Hopefully very soon, once like the vaccinations kind of get rolled we'll out. We'll fucking see. But like it's always hard to hard to say. Until then, millions of Americans at this yes. point are kind of in like the same boat that you are where it's like it's like they're like, Yeah, except we don't read. Yeah. <laughs> so basically what Daniel's saying is we're gonna after this episode, we're gonna go on a brief hiatus. We'll be back. We were just kidding. Um it's probably yeah. going to be about a month. A, mu- a month or two. We'll see yeah. how it is. Um, and again, like we're going to talk about like kind of like redoing. Rejiggering the re- format. Rejiggering the format just so we can, instead of reading like a fucking, even a short story every week. Let's just steal yeah. Overdue's format. Oh, uh, yeah. We should steal. Can we just, can we just recall the podcast? Overdudes? Uh, over dudes, yeah, perfect. <laughs> and then just, and then we'll steal all their listeners. It'll be great. Yeah, all the all the, we'll get like the same person to do the logo. Yeah, but it's like but it's cooler. Yeah, or just like poorly added D on top. Yeah, over dude, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, I would like that. That'd be pretty great. It'd I feel hilarious. You know, in December, I listened to an episode of theirs, and I was like, oh yeah, I like listening to them. And then I tried listening to another one, and I was like, I'm sick of hearing listening to them. Yeah, maybe that's the case of all podcasts. It could be. Yeah. Who knows? That said, uh, for this little special special episode is that uh, some of the people who have been on the show, we've, yeah. we've kind of said it's like, eh, we might be taking a break. But by the way, you know, we've met many new people. Yeah. We've uh, returned to people we've talked to in the past. It occurred to me we should have gotten friend of the show, Tommy Tommy J. Hamsoff, to come back and give us a message. Yeah. He just had a kid and it's been a while since we've heard from him, so that'd be nice. But another time. Yeah, we, we, have, we have a lot. And I think these are fairly longish messages too yeah. I, was, I kind of wasn't expecting that which is great i'm yeah. fine and if we didn't pick you sorry sorry maybe next time or if you still want to send us something you know hit us up and yeah we'll, we'll play it next i'll time. make a, what's it called i'll make one of those youtube i uh, want to make those uh, instagram headliners out of it there you go 
And uh, so, yeah, so we reached out and, and you know, it's going to be a real surprise uh, for, for the listeners out there and the guests to hear their voices and also other voices of people I don't know. <laughs> uh, for example, I'm just going to pick one at random. Like, you know, oh. isn't, there a, isn't there an ox in on our soundboard? Probably. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, do you have a fucking cable for that? Probably. What? Uh, 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 ox what? to ox? This is an ox. Yeah, but this is ox um, to thing. Yeah, in my car. A USB thing. Yeah. Is that? Do you have that for yeah, like? So like, my car. Like the male part for that and the male part for this. Yeah. Okay. Well. Well, too late now. Too late now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, don't bring well. it up right now, <laughs> as if it's my fault. On if air you have the fucking meeting. thing. I don't know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but no. Uh, basically, I'm gonna play it live. We'll okay. respond. I might just like cut in the audio sure. afterwards jerk uh, mm, <laughs> uh, i fucking hope so but uh but no depending on how it is or i'll just let it play live if it if it sounds great and also if we have like little commentary but uh-huh. the important thing for the people to know is that even if it is something that we uh, cut in later um we are listening to them live i have not i've i've started each of them to see if like like the levels are fine and it sounds okay yeah um the only one i've heard is the girls is up uh, girls is one yeah, from uh, the cut. from the ap film girls because you cut, cut it, it could cut it from yeah. them I have not heard any of them. I've heard like the first like 10 seconds of each of them. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, so I don't know what the most of these, what these are going to say. You don't know what most of them are. Sure. Uh, but that said, uh, 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 <laughs> as if it's the top of the charts thing and mm-hmm. no order at all. Yeah, no order. No, <laughs> no order, order preference. Doesn't matter if you're a favorite, newest, oldest. No, not nothing at all. I'm just at most, random. Most physically attractive. Uh, I wanted to go with the most attractive at all. Most them. emotionally attractive. Our new for emotionally attractive. Sure. Sure. That's a uh, thing. Uh, 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 John Lunger. Our new bro. Yeah, exactly. John Lunger, I was going to say. Did yeah. I say it already? No. Okay. Uh, John Lunger. I just knew. Our new friend <laughs> uh, who, who appeared in one episode uh, several months ago. Yes. Uh, and just because I'm, I'm, I don't remember even the sound of his voice, it's been so fucking long. He needs to come back. Yeah. John Lunger, a good friend of ours, good friend of mine in particular. He's an amazing show called Escape the Podcast. And I've guested on two of his podcasts, one of which is um, uh, Reed Chop, his Chop Cooking Podcast, and... And um, the Improvised Wikipedia podcast, where he and uh, uh, Glenn Tickle um, rewrite a Wikipedia page. Yes. They're a great time. Check out John's stuff. Yeah, check it out. And uh, and yeah, have me on your show, Johnny. Yeah. All right, shows. Uh, mm-hmm. So here it is. Without further ado, here's old John in the flesh. Happy New Year, slow readers. John Lunger from Improvised Wikipedia and Escape the Podcast, coming to you from my recording studio the closet of my apartment here in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, to wish you a happy 2021 uh, and to tell you about two of my favorite books that I read in 2020. We're going to start with The Changeling by Victor Laval. Um, Did not come out last year. I'm behind on most things, but an incredible fairy tale meets cosmic horror descent into madness i think many of you would be familiar with the story of the changeling obviously it's it's not new a uh creature comes and takes an infant in the night and switches it out with a changeling this is a an amazing amazing modern interpretation that takes place in new york city i could not put this down it upended probably a good day and a half two days of my life um, just fantastic. Turned me on to Victor Laval. I had previously read uh, The Bow to Black Tom, which was his reimagination of one of H.P. Lovecraft's worst stories uh, into uh, a phenomenal, phenomenal story. I recommend that novella. But check out The Changeling. It's my favorite of Laval. Uh, you should all get to know him. Um, 
10 out of 10, do recommend, even though it's a couple years old. Okay, moving forward to another book that completely upended my life in a good way. It is John Horner Jacobs' collection of two novellas called A Lush and Seething Hell. Again, two cosmic horror stories because I'm an open book. Sorry for that terrible pun. Uh, but honestly, so very, very, very good. Uh, one story uh, involves political conflict in South America and the discovery of uh, 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 some things that the humans were maybe not meant to read. Got a little bit of a the King in Yellow vibe to it, but not really all that much. So fun. The other one deals with folk songs, uh, pre-World War II American folk songs and, you know, just human depravity and longing and cosmic horror and awesomeness. Uh, really, really fantastic. And, you know, on another note, a beautiful cover, one of my favorite covers, you know, I love it when literature that I have features graphic design, uh, that I love, I don't know. I'm a big old nerd, but that's my time. Thank you so much uh, for just being decent people and reading a bunch because that means you're like-minded and I love you. And I don't know, be awesome to each other and check out uh, two of my podcasts. Check out the Improvised Wikipedia podcast. Uh, Glenn Tickle and I are rewriting the entirety of Wikipedia off the top of our damn heads. And Escape the Podcast, which is a... So, I don't know, it falls somewhere between Comedy Bang Bang and the host bits from old MST3K shows. I think you'll enjoy them both. Uh, and if not, uh, I guess tough shit. All right. Happy New Year. Uh, Gabe, Daniel, thank you so much uh, for having me uh, earlier. Well, I guess at the end of last year and again uh, for this episode. I love you both. Stay happy, stay healthy, all that great stuff. Um, check out uh, A Lush and Seething Hell by John Horner Jacobs and check out The Changeling by Victor Laval. You're welcome. All right. All right. Yeah, no, for, like to save your arm. Want me to get the converter so no. that way we can just no. You can we're not we're not really reacting much anyway. You can no. just plug it in, put it down. No, and you can add it and and post. Nope, I'll unpost. Okay. I got it. Uh, no, my arm's fine. Okay. It's like it's a little awkward. But... Yeah, I saw you like like angling. And no, like, no, I was trying doing? to. There's a fruit fly in the wild. I was trying to try and kill it. Okay, but uh, no, yeah, uh, yeah, no. I've been meaning to read uh, the Battle of Black Tom. It, it's been like uh, I think it was like a tour book that won like a bunch of awards. Cool. It's like a novella. No, I recently discovered a uh, another podcast that I'm I, I started listening to. It's pretty good. It's called mm -hmm. them, uh, Books in the Freezer. It is a horror film podcast, a horror book podcast. I'm sorry. Okay. And uh, hosted by two cool ladies. And honestly, I'm willing to check. Um, they focus entirely on horror. So okay. I think one of those might have been on there. The the LaSalle one. I'm yeah. not sure, but uh, like, like I, I saw on one of their Instagram posts. I think anyway. It's been a very big. And again, it's like a novella, which is like perfect because it's a lot like those uh, murder bot stories. The fuck murder bot. Where like again, uh, maybe we should return with that the, the novel. I forgot about it. Sure. And future telemi fugitive telemetry is coming out in spring or something like that. Sure. What's oh. the name of the book again? <laughs> Generic robotics one hundred and one. It's robot there's, fuckery. There's an N word in there. Not the <laughs> not your favorite N word. Sure. <laughs> but no, there. Nebula. It's, um, oh, what was it? I don't remember. Anyway. Uh, but that's it, Gabriel. Uh, first off, uh, thanks, uh, Thank you, John. John. The, the real great. Thanks for calling us decent people. We Aww. live, for, we live for that. Uh, we try. 
However, and uh, as cool as that is, there's there's four more messages I have all queued up to play. Mm-hmm. But this isn't just a year-end pat-me-on-the-back thingamajig. Uh-oh, I got real drunk for this. Gabriel, mm-hmm. where you got drunk for something even more... Uh, 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 appropriate? Uh, inappropriate. Inappropriate. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, uh, something more, something something even crazier and more punk rock. Whoa. Because Gabriel. You're finally did Please Kill Me? Better. Okay. We're finally going to talk about a hardcore motherfucker named John Le Carre. <laughs> David Cornwell? Uh, David John Moore Cornwell. Too many yes. names. Uh, uh, yeah, three first names and a Cornwell. <laughs> Not to be confused with Cornwall, which yes. I believe is where he lived and died in. That's where Poldark's from. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, fa- yeah. It, I don't I know nothing about British geography. If you know anything about Poldark, you know that Cornwall is fucking beautiful. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's probably very pretty, and if you have money and, and don't mind living in England it would be yeah, a fun place it's the cliffs and beautiful people yeah well that's where well, he was pole dark anyway that's where he died uh, but you know uh, it's dead uh, uh, yeah uh, John the Cray the legendary British writer uh, uh, espionage uh, writer and, yeah. and spy spy dude a very um, modest person apparently uh, as in what <laughs> oh like in the, in the story you read being yeah. like yeah no I wasn't that big a spy but then everyone's like you would say that though wouldn't you John he's like well I just did <laughs> Yeah. Uh, uh, well, uh, how would we know? I, I'm very, you know, I'm curious about this because uh, I know I, I'm a, a not, not necessarily a big reader, but I, I really, a slow reader. I really love, I'm a big slow reader, mm-hmm. but uh, I'm a big, like, uh, I'm a big fan of, like, the Lecrae stories that I've read yeah. and also the adaptations that I've seen of, yeah. his, of his works. Uh, Gabe, how much do you know about John Lecrae? I know very little, to be perfectly honest. Okay. I know from what you've told me. Okay. And um, I've seen Tinker Taylor. I think Tinker Taylor is a functionally perfect movie mm-hmm. and actually it's not functionally it's a fucking perfect movie I, I love that movie yeah um, uh, I, I do want to say not enough credit is given to the screenwriters of that uh, a husband wife team uh, who the movie came out I think the wife died in 2008 oh. so like it, it's phenomenal how they turn that because I've read the book it's phenomenal how they turn that into like a, a very like well structured movie I mean, like, it's, really, it's, 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 a, it's a great film I've yeah. always wanted to see the Alec Guinness version yeah. but um, uh, no besides that I've only ever I've seen um, Little Drummer Girl mm-hmm. so I know the, for, the, the new miniseries not to be confused with Diane Keaton movie th- was it it's not okay what's that her version is not Le Carre. No, it's 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 a it's a, oh. a it's an early adaptation of oh, the novel. Oh, I didn't know that. Diane Keaton did one. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's it not awesome. It supposedly wasn't very good, and gets oh. mentioned in the book. Oh, really? Um, because uh, yeah, Le Carre was like uh was talking to the director, and apparently uh Le Carre's younger sister, who's like fourteen years younger than him, mm-hmm. was a major inspiration for the Charlie character played oh, by cool. Florence Pugh. So like the director was like, "We're gonna get her. I really like her. Great thing that we're gonna do that." Eventually, that didn't happen. The movie became something else, and even the director would come to Lecrae and be like, "I'm sorry for fucking up your book." <laughs> That's so funny. So, anyway. but on the whole, I I know very little about him other than the fact that he was a real life spy. Mm-hmm. He writes very very interesting slow burn realistic spy tales, and he did. So that's about all I know. Very recently dead. Yes. Which uh, kind of, it, it's, it almost shouldn't come as a shock. He was 89 years old. Yes, he was quite up there. But he was very like active and very outspoken. Yeah. Um, until like the very When was last his last day. published book, Daniel? Uh, it was 2019. Last wow. Year. I don't know if he that had. busy. I don't know if he had actually. The, uh, yeah, interesting enough, like the past like several books he put out were very, very interesting for several reasons. Third last book was his first piece of actual autobiographical nonfiction. What? Called The Pigeon Tunnel. No, no shit. Yeah. Uh, until then, he only had like semi semi autobiographical like fiction books like uh, A Perfect Spy and 
what was it called? Uh, uh, a naive and sentimental lover, I believe it's called. Great, great title. Yeah. That's that's some Graham Greene shit. Uh, not only that, yeah, him and Graham Greene go way back. Have a lot too. of parallels. Um, yeah, clearly, Graham Greene. I think also Graham Greene worked with. Uh, worked with Carla. Uh, Kim Fe- Kim Philby. Kim Felby. Carla. Technically, he's not. Yeah, technically, he's, he's not, not Carla. Carla. He, <laughs> um, he's a he's a. Uh, well, I'm not gonna explain. Some girl name. I'm not gonna spoil it. Uh, <laughs> but no, he worked with Kim Felby, and I think one of the other or Cambridge Five guys. Well, I'll explain in a moment. Hey. But no, um, but no, it, I mean, it, listeners, if you're listening to a title called "Blah Blah Blah" by John Le Carre, you you in deep, you yeah. know all the lore, you know who George Blake is. It, it, it's it's kind of interesting. You know who Kim Philby is, and he's not the guy who formed the band The Runaways, who I always think he is. No, and I keep forgetting. Do you mind looking up who yeah. that guy is? Yeah, I forget who that is. But I did some research on John Le Carre, and looking at what I wrote down, I thought I didn't write too much, but apparently it is. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, uh, again, let me just go through the back history of John LeCrae because he's a very interesting person. I try to keep it as succinct as possible. Uh, so again, he was born David John Moore Cornwell. Uh, he was born in 1931. So like, again, he was 89 years old. Kim Fowley. Kim Fowley. Okay, close. Uh, and again, I don't know nothing about Britain or England or spies and all that. You hate their literature, but I, for him. I do. I do have a, yeah, I'll get to that. And I'll get to that later. But, uh, uh, and I, but I, I want to just begin talking about him with one of the best America, my favorite Americanisms. Okay. All the best cowboys got daddy issues. Okay. Uh, so let's talk about Ronnie Cornwell, his dad. Sure. So Ronnie, uh, Ronnie Cornwell, uh, who is described as a, uh, by a uh, Lecrae biographer as quote, an epic con man of little education, immense charm, extravagant tastes, but no social values. Uh, he was constantly in debt. He gambled. He was jailed for insurance fraud, and he had an association with the Cray Twins. Cray Twins? Uh, for people who don't know who the Cray Twins are, they are East End uh, of London uh, gangsters. Uh, okay. Uh, remember the movie, movie Legend? Uh, Legend? Yeah, that's oh, the Cray that's cool. Twins. So, yeah. The Tom Hardy Buddies. thing. Yeah. Neat. Wow, okay. That's <laughs> uh, just a lot. And his mother abandoned him and his father when he was only five. And so uh, LeCarré only really got to know her uh, when he was 21, when she really kind of like returned to his life. And it was like, oh, hi. Oh, mom. Hi. I didn't know you for most of my life. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as if like someone's like, oh, was this guy born to be a spy or something? Yep. Yeah. Also, I do want to say that uh, it's this thing where if you know him personally, like, yeah, no, he doesn't go by John LeCarré. John LeCarré is just his pen, his name. pen name. I'm always going to refer to him as LeCarré in my, in my little biography here that I stole from That's Wikipedia. That's fine. Just FYI for clarity's sake, for the, for the LeCarré heads out there. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Uh, for much of the 50s, he studied languages. He spied on far-left groups at Lincoln College in Oxford, <gasps> and he interrogated German prisoners of interest. Mm. Uh, in 19, from 1960 to 1964, Le did, quote, a little this and a little that for the security, uh, uh, security, uh, Jesus Christ, I'm getting tongue-tied, mm-hmm. for the uh, security service and then the secret intelligence service, a.k.a. AKA MI5 and MI6. I see. Yeah. Uh, during this time... Uh, I was wondering what the difference was. Yeah. Is one more CIA, one's more FBI? Yeah, I think like Secret Service is a little more FBI and then like the Secret Intelligence Service is a little more CIA. Okay. I believe. I don't know if that's like a total one-to-one thing. Mm. Um. All, yeah, I... A lot of this, like, in a lot of the things that he even talks about, like, it's like, man, I feel dumb that I don't know, like, all these, like, world shit, you know? Dana, I don't mean to sidetrack okay. you, but here's a thought I've been having lately. Do you think there's a reason why, um, maybe, maybe this is a completely incorrect um, observation, but um, people of the previous generation, let's say our parents' generation, and even a little bit older, uh-huh. are really obsessed with World War II history? Whereas myself personally and, and you, and I think people I know who like history are more interested in Cold War history. Is it because we were born post that 
or is that just is that just a weird random thing that's happened? Because I think I, I could yeah. not give two flying fucks about World War Two, mm-hmm. the Cold War, insanely fascinating to me. Yeah, no, especially after reading this, I have like so many books on like my wish list that I added. Um, no, I I don't know what it is. I mean, I, don't get me wrong. Like people people are still obsessed with like Civil War stuff, you know? That's true. So like they're still out there, but it might be a thing where. You know, like World War Two was such like a feel good moment in American history. Interesting. And then like the Cold War was that, but also has become something kind of darker in retrospect. Yeah. Uh, so I wonder if it's just know. you know the the changing styles and tides of um like people who were. People who grew up in a time where America was number one mm-hmm. are more interested in a World War II feel good, whereas people our age who are growing up into a time where things are distinctly not great, yes. we're more interested in the complex and gray areas of what a war is. And, and that said, like going forward, imagine what like the war on terror is going to be like for yeah. future generations, you know, which I'll get to in a moment. Fascinating <laughs> stuff. Go on, um, sorry. But no, uh, yeah, he, uh, aka they were MI6, MI5 and MI6. Mm-hmm. Uh, during this time, Cornwell started publishing novels under the pseudonym Jean Le Carré. Uh. Le Carré means the square in French. Uh. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if that's like a cheeky thing. Clearly, he's he has that thing with names. Seems yeah, like George Smiley. It's like yeah. What does that mean? George, George Smiley. That name is almost too on the nose. Ironic. Yeah. But like, we'll get to that in a moment. Um, so Lucre's Secret Service work came to a halt with the ousting of the Cambridge Five, a group of Ugh. Cambridge-educated men working for British intelligence, but spying for uh, Soviet Russia. Uh, most notorious of which was Kim Philby, who was a double agent who had been a double agent since 1934. That's a long time. Which, like, I, and again, like my my history is kind of vague. I think that's before, like, really before, like this, like the, the Secret Service really came about in Britain, because like. I know that the CIA was basically found was kind of like based on and took hints from like the, like the British Secret Service, but like that didn't even really come around. Like counterintelligence wasn't really a thing until like World War II. It has been around, but like it hasn't really become what we know. It hasn't been like a functional institution until then. Sure. Uh, the uh, the Cambridge Five destroyed like morale within the service. It strengthened mistrust bet- uh, within the United States, and uh, it totally blew the identities and whole networks of uncountable agents, including Le Carre. So hmm. he was fired. Uh, so his first two books, A Call for the Dead and A Murder of Quality, were mystery novels that featured a retired Secret Service hero, George Smiley. Oh wow! Uh, the third novel, The Spy Who Came In from the Cold. Uh, was a straight up was his first actual spy novel. Mm. It was a story about espionage. Um, oddly enough, a, a murder of quality, especially his second book, was like leaning more into being a just a mystery story that happened to have like a spy, an ex spy protagonist. Sure, like J.K. Rowling. Yeah, like J.K. Rowling. Huh? <laughs> oh, like um, the, the 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 wizard books. They're mystery books. Okay, okay. I thought you were referring to um, the turf stuff. The the cuckoo. <laughs> what, no, the cuckoo stuff. Oh, the Robert Galbraith stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I don't know. I haven't I read a single one of Cause them. Because those are those are just straight up mystery stories. Yeah. But I, I have no idea what they're about beyond that. Uh, okay. And and speaking of which, so yeah, it features the protagonist George Smiley. And again, it, it should be said about like what this meant coming out in the '60s, right? Because uh, James Bond. A uh, 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 legendary, like a pop culture character at this point, uh, started appearing in literature in 1953. Uh, and Doctor No, the film came out in 1962. Mm-hmm. So, like that was huge at the time, right? Sure. Uh, Le Carre has called James Bond quote an international gangster, mm-hmm. and that he should be excluded from spy literature canon. <laughs> That's so fun. I, I uh, love that 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 comparison. I think we brought it up before. Yeah. That um, people who were in the shit right very different things about their craft than mm-hmm. people who were not in the shit. Like Fleming yeah. was not, so he writes this over sex thing. 
Whereas, and comparatively, like, J.D. Salinger writes about the war by not writing about the war. Yeah, no, it it's really interesting. I don't, and I, I should have actually looked this up too, but Ian Fleming did work for uh, a British Secret Service. Oh, he did? But, like, it was, like, at a really kind of, like, low-level kind of thing. He was okay. more of, like, a desk jockey. Oh, okay, I gotcha. Um, so, same, same notion. Which, uh, Lecrae almost makes it sound like that's all he did as yeah, well. Yeah, but the way he says it makes yeah. it feel weird. In, in, the, in that first in that first chapter, he'll say, like, yeah, I hardly did anything. And by the end, he's like, I was born to be a spy. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I think, well, that's all the mystique. That's what makes it so fascinating. Yeah, you're not supposed to talk about it yeah, ever. He captures and... that element that if you're a spy, I don't talk about what you do. You're like, like, your job is to lie. Yeah. And he's he's great at controlling information and yeah. truth and mystery and non untruths and all that. And ultimately, that's much 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 more interesting than stealing speedboats. Yeah, it, 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 I don't I don't mean to as a grown ass man. Yeah, I, I don't mean to disparage like like big fans of the sp- of like especially like spy movies and, and, I do. and like stories nowadays because people <laughs> do people do love that shit absolutely mm-hmm. right. And like, no, I it, just love Casino Royale. it definitely has a thing. And even if you look at James Bond being like, well, he's just like an international gangster, be like. But that's cool. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's rad. Yeah, it is. But who also happens to do that? Interesting right. enough, in like the Lecrae world, he would be called what's called like a, a scalp hunter, essentially, like someone who does dirty work. Cool. But he's clearly someone who like every week breaks with like the Secret Service and has to be hunted down. And then he's like, but I killed all the bad guys. And they're like, all right, dude. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, the meta narrative is much more interesting to me now. It It, it, it is. And, and uh, there's like a, it's kind of like a taste for both. Anyway. Um, yeah. Meanwhile, like George, uh, George Smiley, Lecrae's hero. Mm-hmm. He, he is what Lecrae thinks of. It's like, no, this is what a real spy like. He's old, pudgy. Yeah. He's a cuckold. <laughs> yeah, he's a cuck. He's a, he's yeah, and, and like he he's like he is. That's what it was. What a spy thing. Like, uh, if for people who don't even feel like reading, watch the um the Richard Burton movie uh uh, uh the uh, the Deadly Affair or a Deadly Affair. I forget which one. It I think it's the I think uh? it's the okay, which is based on like the first novel with George Smiley. And like, yeah, it just begins with him being whiny after like a real casual conversation. He casually talks to somebody and that person kills himself. And like, everyone's like, what did you do? And he's like, I didn't do anything, man. The deadly affair. <laughs> yeah. The, the deadly affair. Okay. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So, uh, 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 so yeah, moving on. His third novel was like, his probably his most famous book. The spy came in from the cold. And he's also most famous for the Carla trilogy, mm. which is a uh, Tinker Taylor soldier spy, <laughs> uh, the honorable Schoolboy, and smiley's people, which, uh, these come out in the seventies, 74 to 79. Sure. Uh, and they all featured George smiley's efforts to hunt down a major Soviet spy codenamed Carla. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, <clears throat> uh, smiley, like the legendary spy literary hero would make a final appearance in 1990 until 2017, his second last novel. Wow. A legacy of spies, which serves as a sort of epilogue to all like the smiley stories. Plus like the spy movies, the spy uh, stories, I'm sorry, that he was writing as a whole. It's kind of a sequel to, uh, the spy who came in from the cold. Cool. Uh, the main character is Peter Gwillen, who oh, had, yeah. uh, was Benedict, Benedict Cumberbatch, Cumberbatch in the film. Um, who like appeared in all these books kind of like as like a smaller character who's always uh, Smiley's right-hand man. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, like Smiley comes back. I've actually yet to read it and I want to listen to the audiobook because apparently it's the only one read by uh, Tom Hollander. One of oh, my, cool. One of my Love favorite, that dude. One of my favorite actors. Yeah. Um, uh, also, one last thing about that before I get into politics. Uh, sure. <laughs> it's it's be... unforeseeable. Yeah, totally. Uh, as I want to point out, like the kind of uh, the impact of some of his stuff, like 
our usage of the word mole as a double agent kind of comes from Tinker Tailor's Soldier Spy. Oh, cool. Because uh, during in, in during the Cold War, the Western word was either double agent or sleeper agent. Mm-hmm. The KGB word was mole. Oh, cool. So in Tinker Tailor, mole was used very frequently, and that just kind of like seeped into our, like we started using it casually, apparently. You know, burrito. Yeah. So... Politics. Okay. Actually, before I get into politics, do you want to listen to one of our other friends? Yeah, let's do okay. that. Let's take a bit of a break here, right? Oh, boy. All right. Who was it, Daniel? Let me see. Let's get busy with... Busy Phillips? With Busy Phillips. Uh, our Busy Phillips, a.k.a. Uh, someone who I'm, I'm real pleased to hear how she begins this because she begins it exactly the way you want to go. She goes, hey, it's me, Christy. Yay. So, Christy Brannon. Take it away. Hey guys, it's me, Christy, and I would like you to listen to this live while you're recording because I'm about to tell you my absolute favorite fairy tale. It's a Grimm's fairy tale, I think, and it is about a mouse, a sausage, and a bird who live together. So a bird, a mouse, and a sausage live together. They're having a great time. They each have their own chores to do. The bird goes into the forest to get firewood. The mouse gets water from the well and brings it into the kitchen and starts the fire for the sausage who cooks. How would a sausage cook a meal, you might be wondering. Obviously, he heats everything up and then he jumps into the food and rolls around to make sure everything is oily and salty and delicious. They're doing amazing. They're getting along great until one day the bird goes to the forest as he always does and he talks to one of his bird friends who basically calls him a pussy and says that he's doing much more work than his friends and he should switch things up and see how they like it. So when the bird comes home that night, he decides tomorrow we're doing things differently. The mouse and the sausage, being good friends and good partners, agree to it. So in the morning, the sausage goes to the forest and it takes him way too long to come home. The bird and the mouse are starting to get a little bit worried. So the bird flies to the forest to see if he can find the sausage and figure out what's up with him. He finds the sausage in the mouth of a dog because that's just what happens when you send a sausage out into the world. The bird argues with the dog to try to get the sausage back. The dog says to the bird that he found the sausage with forged papers and therefore his life is forfeit. Don't ask me what that means. That's exactly what the fairy tale says. I don't know why the dog felt like he had to justify eating the sausage. He's a sausage, uh, but there we have it. There's political corruption, even in the animal kingdom. The bird, apparently having no way to argue against this, decides to just go home while his best friend of many years, a sausage, gets eaten by a dog. When the bird gets home, he talks to the mouse about it. They're sad. They're upset obviously, but they decide that they need to stick together and make a go of it, so the mouse goes ahead and tries making dinner. This goes okay. The mouse knows how to start a fire. He knows how to boil water. However, (laughs) he also tries to cook exactly the same way that the sausage cooks. He jumps in the boiling water, and instead of making things oily and salty and delicious, his hair and skin are scalded off and he dies. After a while, the bird decides to go to the kitchen, find out what's up with the mouse, why it's taking him so long to make dinner, and he can't find him because, again, the mouse pretty much just dissolved into the dinner that he was making. So the bird flips out, starts overturning the kitchen, throwing firewood everywhere, embers get 
pushed around everywhere. And eventually the kitchen catches on fire because of the mess he's made. So he leaves the house, goes to the well to get water, which was his job after all, so that he can maybe save his home. And he fucks that up so bad that he gets tied to the bucket that he throws down the well. He falls down the well with the bucket and drowns. And that's it. That's the whole story. So, Happy New Year. And as always, thank you so much for having me on your show. Bye, guys. Oh, uh, Christy. Um, what the fuck? <laughs> Christy comes in with her own tale of espionage. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck, Christy? What the, oh, what awesome. the goddamn fuck? I loved it. That was fantastic. Thank you so much, Christy. Honestly, now I kind of want to be like... Hmm, we have a hiatus coming up. Can I produce an entire thing of um, Christy Brandon fairy tales? Of Christy Brandon fables? Oh, that would be fantastic. No, uh, try it. I mean, that'd, yeah. be, that'd be fantastic. It's Christy Brandon just being like, here's some tales. And she's like making half of them up. Yeah. The sausage had forged papers? I, Christy... <laughs> So okay, I loved it. it please, please come back really to did. us and um, tell us, know, let us know who wrote that because that was that was awesome. Mm-hmm. Also, what the fuck, Christy? That was fantastic. I I, I can't imagine a, a better way to bring in 2021 than that story. Yeah, <laughs> listeners, please follow Christy Brandon on all your social medias at Christy Brandon K um, R I S T Y B R A N N O N. Um, she has some a great comedian. We're big fans of her, and um, she has a now more or less defunct podcast called It's All Downhill. With Christy Brandon, <laughs> great back catalog. We were both on it. She's awesome. So, um, if you happen to be in the L A area, find her comedy. She's great. Yes, check uh, check her out. She's fantastic, and and most likely she's going to be on the show as soon as possible. Yeah, no, she's a new favorite. <clears throat> so politics. <laughs> back to the politics back to, of back, dancing. Back to politics. We we heard about a sausage being fucking mauled and yeah. mice scalding themselves to death. And hey, that that story's going to stick with me. Yeah, no, that that's haunting. Uh, now we're going to get into something light, light and easy. Politics. Politics. In the past twenty years. All right. Uh, so yeah, again, very active, very outspoken. I've taken some. Is he on these- Twitter? What? No. Oh, He's bad. too cool for that. That's too bad. No offense to uh, Jaco. Uh, Jaco. Uh, Just Carolot. Um, but uh, but no, he's very active. And I've taken some of these statements kind of to heart how he kind of describes the world. Because um, from what you can tell from like most of like the book that uh, that, that we've talked that we're t- going to talk about. Um, yeah, no, he's done like his fucking research. He's met like people that like it are fictionalized in stories like uh, the little drummer girl mm. and, and all these various people. He Yasser met with, Arafat. He met with like fucking uh, uh, like new Russian criminals, like right after like the iron wall fell. Like he, like he's met some fucking people. He's yeah. gotten dysentery. He's gotten dysentery a fuck ton probably. Um, but yeah, no, he's been everywhere. Where, yeah. But like, so he knows a lot about how like the world runs. Right. So this is some of his uh, 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 statements on like the way the world has been for the past 20 years, especially in the past like like five to since like important. since like 9-11 uh, sp- speaking of 9-11 uh, he published uh, the essay the United States has gone mad in 2003 shortly before the invasion of Iraq mm. uh, uh, he considers among like Bush's response to 9-11 quote uh, that it was worse than McCarthyism worse than the Bay of Pigs and a long term potentially more disastrous than the Vietnam War and quote beyond anything Osama bin Laden could have hoped for in his nastiest dreams um he was also very critical towards like Tony Blair and whatnot, like that whole thing. So, sure. As you can imagine. Um, his what happens to be his last novel, Agent Running in the Field, which came out last year, as you uh, as you asked, uh, uh, it covers the uh, it covers American and British efforts to undermine the European Union, which is fictional. But he has said it's like it's not far off. Yeah. 
Uh, in the book, uh, characters refer to Trump as, quote, Putin's shithouse cleaner, <laughs> who, quote, does everything for little Vladdy that little Vladdy can't do for himself. Love it. Uh, he compares uh, uh, the fake news uh, thing that's very popular in America to Nazi book burnings and writes that the U.S. is, quote, heading straight down the road to institutional racism and neo-fascism. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Correct. Uh, yeah, I'm actually like, yeah, he, he has a lot of things that I'm like, it's like, yeah, he said a lot about, okay, speaking of which- Nailed it, Dave. On Brexit, because like, uh, you can crudely say that uh, Agent Running to the Field is his Brexit novel. Sure. Um, but yeah, on Brexit, Boris Johnson, Dominic Cummings, and Nigel Farage, uh, their quote, task is to fire up the people with nostalgia and with anger, which of course is very, yeah. very familiar what it is like in mm -hmm. America right now. Also, quote, what really scares me about nostalgia is that it's becoming a political weapon. Politicians are creating a nostalgia for an England that never existed and selling it really as something we could return to. Did they have a cool catchphrase like uh uh yeah they did what, make uh make something uh pretty pretty solid one, one, one like as we once were yeah yeah make 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 things make things pretty cool like how make they used make, to make be. the colonies well what's his face I don't remember if it was Johnson or Farage but they had like the they hired like, they had the, their double, own the double ducker bus that was going around like that like was had like some really shitty like like kind of like slightly fictitious number about like we're like the England is like spending this much in taxes to the European Union. And like that's what it was, and like that apparently was like a major cultural thing at the time. Good lord! So, and uh, just one last thing, and uh, I I've thought of this greatly, you know, because um, he said as much that he considers himself like a European as opposed to just English. Sure. Because he he has places all over the place. Yeah, he, Switzerland or Switzerland, yeah. Sweden. Uh, uh, that's, uh <laughs> I still, well, I I still have problems confusing the two. Here. Yeah, they're, they're not relevant <laughs> to us. But not like, right now, anyway. But no, he, when he, you and I can afford to go to Switzerland or Sweden, yeah. I'll fucking learn the difference we can't afford to be multilingual right exactly Jesus god damn Christ, it i'm god fucking broke right. i'm goddamn broke but so this so i want to uh, so this is something that he said that i've always remembered right mm -hmm. quote i think of all the things that were happening across europe in the 1930s in spain in japan obviously in germany to me these are absolutely comparable uh, comparable signs of the rise of fascism and it's contagious it's infectious fascism is up and running in poland and hungary there's an encouragement about and he would later say about the end of the Cold War uh, that had left the West without a coherent ideology. In contrast to, quote, the notion of individual freedom, of inclusiveness, of tolerance, all of all of that we call anti-communism prevailing at that time. So it's just the idea that like it's you would almost say that it's almost pessimistic. It wasn't so like he knows what he's Real? talking about. Yeah. Like, you know, where it's the idea that like uh, the West had such like a unifying like thing to be rally behind with like anti-communism. Yeah. And that now we don't have it anymore. And it's been some time we're slipping towards like ultra rightism. You yeah. Know? So no, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. Uh, and it's Switzerland. <laughs> Switzerland. Okay. Yes. The, the Swiss One of them. burn in Swiss right. Switzerland. Yeah. I won't be able to tell the difference between the two. Yeah. Uh, which is chocolate. Uh, Sweden. Sweden? I think so. Okay. Sweden? Yeah, Sweden makes sense for candy. Or is it Swiss chocolate? Swiss chocolate? Swedish Swiss chocolate? chocolate? Swiss chocolate? Fuck, yeah. I don't know, man. So candy and... Okay, Sweden's what's known for candy. What's in Sweden? What's in Sweden? What's in That's a thing. We've done it. We've oh, combined shit. it. Right. We made it happen. <laughs> oh, but yeah, so... Hey, um, if, you're, if you're a Swedish or a Swiss listener out there <laughs> and you've reviewed the show, please tweet at us or send us a DM on Instagram yeah. because we can't see your reviews and we want to know the difference. Oh, yeah, if you're... If, uh, yeah, and also if I are the Irish people who are upset by all my uh, Irish accent voices, <laughs> uh, yeah, tweet at us too. <laughs> Let me know about it. Um, 
But that said, uh, Gabriel, in, yes, Daniel. in brief, this is the thing we read. Yeah. Yes, the Pigeon Tunnel. Yeah. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about it? Well, we read the first, we had the introduction yeah. in the first chapter. Yeah, I, I wanted to do this, uh, 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 now, to, now to be open about it, is that like, we're originally just going to have like an end of year thing, but like. Yeah, orig- we're just going to fuck about. I originally want to do the end of year thing with the top 20, or uh, top reads of 2020. Um, but the like. Time that, didn't work out. That, yeah, that didn't work out. So instead we kind of did it separate. And I didn't want to just have like another thing without a book. So instead I was like, hey, do you want to just like read the beginning of this and like so i can talk about john lecrae who had just died yeah yeah so uh gabe tell and me i said sure bro yeah you're like sure whatever i don't fucking, fucking care. care they went back to playing hades it's so good and the new call of duty game no <laughs> i got the star ocean remake oh how's that it's fine yeah it's it's you know it's it's a it's an snes jrpg yeah it's, a JRPG. it's pretty great uh, Gabriel. Yeah. So tell. I'll, I'll talk about like more about like because I've I uh I I've owned this book since it came out in 2016. Oh my god. Uh, and I've read a little bit about it a little bit before. Oh my god. I gave this to you, and then I got the audiobook, which John Lecrae reads himself. Sure. And I listened to like half of it, then realized, man, this book's actually really long. I'd love to hear him read it, actually. Oh yeah, no, he, he he's really good at that. Um, but uh, Gabriel, uh, tell us just a little bit that that you read, and also just like kind of how you felt about it, because again, you're not very aware. Of I'm not very versed about, in Lecrae whatsoever. Lecrae. This is actually the first piece of his prose I've ever written. Written. You've read. read. You've written. This? I'm John Lecrae. I'm fucking dead. Oh no. No, I'm, this is the first thing I've ever read of him. So let's see here. So this first chapter, it's called um, Don't, Don't Be, Be Beastly, Beastly to Your, your Secret, Secret Service. Secret Service, I think, yeah. Okay. So basically, it's... I also read the introduction, which mm-hmm. is just about, you know, a little bit of place setting of being like, so I went to Switzerland to escape my dad, and because I studied German, it put me in the perfect place to be a spy. Mm-hmm. I didn't plan on it. It just worked out well this way, and I ended up doing this. It's really... It is what it is. Mm-hmm. So Don't Be Beastly to Your Secret Service is specifically more about the reactions to him after the publishing of his books. He'll go to private parties and people in the actual service will be like, you fucker, how <laughs> dare you write about me this way? And he's like, I didn't, or maybe I did, but <laughs> I, I didn't. Yeah, he, he kind of, yeah, he, he's very open about how he's like, he's like, yeah, it could be kind of mean and I can see how this can be upsetting. And Secret Service has been that thing where it's like you only hear about the Secret Service when something goes wrong. You never hear about the things that go right. Yeah, you, you never find out about yeah. the successful operations. You only find out when they've blown some shit up. He, he kind of wonderfully goes to the kind of both sides of that argument, but ultimately kind of like defends like his his whole thing. Yeah, he has a journalist's kind of defense being yeah. like, I'm just telling the truth. Th- that and also like, yeah, if you're talking about like, like, oh, propaganda has going to like turn like in you know, the world against British Secret Service. And it's like this is up against like the great like everything about the Secret Service is propaganda and like working for it. Like we've we've made heroes out of them when like they technically probably shouldn't be. Yeah. And they, they celebrate the soft wins they have had. And like they will and they'll they'll accept and coddle like stories just praising them. Yeah. Whereas like as uh, apparently at some point about which book about Spy Who Came From The Cold he's like yeah. and someone was like that's only fucking good that's the only time Double H <laughs> oh, ever worked was Alan how do you say his name Alan Duels Duels or something like that uh, Dulles he was uh, yeah he, he, uh, at that point he was like ex the, the t- uh, head of the CIA yeah he said to look raids like yeah that's the only <laughs> double agent operation that ever worked out huh <laughs> yeah so basically yeah. this whole thing is just about I'm um, Ray, I'm uh, looking back on the responses to his early work to people questioning his loyalty to the the to the service mm-hmm. while also criticizing them for being soft and not being able to take the truth of what actually they do 
Yeah, and and also and like, like Guinness shows up. Uh, yeah, uh, occasionally sprinkling in, sprinkling in some kind of like like oh, and, uh, Alec. I invited Al- Alec Guinness wanted when he was doing when he was playing George Smiley in the BBC miniseries of Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. Um, How was, was that? Have you seen it? Uh, I've seen a little bit of it. Um, it's it's definitely just way more closer to the book. Oh, very cool. Uh, but yeah, he's like, I want to meet like an actual like a real like like spy who's been in it for like life and everything. Yeah, and like they Oldstein. met Oldstein. And they met Oldstein. Is that his name? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Oldstein. And like the whole time they're at dinner, Oldstein just like pointing the finger at Lecrae and being like, Yeah, these guys, they don't understand what's going on. These guys are kind of jerks. And Guinness is like, Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> and the second Oldstein leaves, Guinness is like. Why are his cufflinks so fucking ugly? <laughs> well, he he started picking out like he was looking for as an actor would. Yeah, he's trying to find like a yeah. like, cues. Yeah, he he kept saying like, well, I saw him kind of like put his running his finger through the inside of his glass. And yeah, is that for checking for poison? Look, Ray's like, why? He'd already no, be poisoned. He'd be drinking it. No. <laughs> and then, but and like you actually, and the funny thing is that like if you watch his performance, yeah, those little cues like uh, feeling his way with his umbrella, mm-hmm. like the he he said it like he tried to put on the cufflinks, but the director probably talked him out of it. Yeah, that's pretty great. <laughs> yeah, just being like. Why is he wearing? Is that just like no? He just has bad fashion sense. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Well, I love that. Yeah. And uh, li- little bits like that. Um, but yeah, yeah. It's um both the introduction and this chapter are great double introductions to the man as a writer and mm-hmm. to how his peers saw him, which yes. I thought was really really interesting. Really interesting look into John Le Carre's world. Yeah, and this is the first time that he's really like very publicly been like, oh, let me talk about myself purely nonfiction, all the things I've done, kind of relating to the things that I've written and yada, yada, yada. Uh, also, did you read the thing about where the title comes from? <coughs> I did, yes, the okay. preface. Yeah, the preference. Gabe, tell us where the title comes from. So, <coughs> water in the wrong pipe. Yeah, it comes Speaking from the, the wrong throat. Pipe. <coughs> <coughs> so what happens is that near a casino and like a gentleman's leisure club. Uh, I think it was Monte Carlo. Monte Carlo. I think it was, yeah. Uh, that Le Carre would visit along with his father, who was a noted gambler and a <laughs> Gangster, rascal. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so apparently there's a little tunnel. And from that tunnel, pigeons fly out to be shot at by um, the gentleman sportsmen. Well, luncheon gentlemen, I think. Yeah, well, lunching gentlemen <laughs> shoot at these birds. Mm-hmm. And what happens is that when these pigeons are shot, um, either they die or they get winged or they're injured. And what they do is they fly to the casino's roof where there are traps for pigeons. Yeah. And then because they birth pigeons at this rooftop, they specifically, the casino employees and the, and the Monte Carlo employees, birth pigeons there it becomes their birthplace and pigeons always return to where they're born these horribly these poor pigeons are caught in an endless cycle of being born being rushed into this pigeon tunnel to be shot at mm-hmm. like fucking like skeet and then if they survive they go back to the roof where they're just forced to do it all over again yeah and he said it's like ever since then I've been wanting to call any novel any novel that I published was almost called The Pigeon Tunnel at some point yes <laughs> which you know and he's like uh, make of that what you will yeah which is which is fun and even then I'm still like like ah, I wonder like yeah when like the stories are more spread out it's like ah, I, I, yeah alright Johnny <laughs> old, 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 old Johnny old Dave the square yep old the square really. Dave Cornboy but Gabriel, yeah, I, I dare say before we get too wrapped up in our feelings about you dare this, say. what we need to do is we need to pause. Okay. We need to go on break. Okay. When we come back, we have a game to play. All right. And another, and a few more people to listen to. Three more uh, audio files. Shit. And then we're going to talk about feelings. Oh, fuck. So Gabriel. Okay. Throw it to break. You got it, dude. Welcome back. Hi. Dear listener readers. How are you? Two. 
Slow Readers. That's us! Us again! We're the fast-paced dogs. It's me, Slow Readers. We're the bad boys of jokers. We're the we're the <laughs> we're the jokers of podcasting. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I tried to cut you off of the past there. Yeah, Gabriel. Yeah. Uh, I believe we Daniel. Have, I believe we have a, we have a game. We do to play, mm-hmm. and it's a game that you have authored for us. I have indeed, sir. Okay. Oh boy, what is it, Daniel? Well, first of all, close your eyes. Okay, close my eyes. Open them. <gasps> you find yourself trapped oh, no. in the granite walls of a Russian oh. prison. Oh no, it's Russian. But it's not any Russian prison. It's a mystical demonic Russian prison. It's Rasputin's prison. Oh no, Rasputin, he's still alive, I knew it. He's still alive, he's manipulating the strings behind all the elections and whatnot. Oh no. You are there, you are a POW. Okay. And however, Rasputin, also known as the Gatekeeper. <laughs> he offers you an opportunity to escape. Uh-huh. In front of you are 10 gates. Uh-huh. It costs you one of your 10 health points to open a gate. Uh. If you answer the ultimate question behind uh-huh. all of these clues, behind all the gates, <clears throat> you are granted freedom. <laughs> if you attempt to guess and you are incorrect, you lose an additional point. Oh no, that's two points. <laughs> that's two whole points. Okay. So your job uh-huh. is to escape this cold Siberian hell cage. <laughs> Rasputin dances around in his robes of no underwear. Oh, uh, yeah, it makes sense. There's always, there's always genitals. Oh, no, what a Castle Wolfenstein-ish kind of plot here. Totally. Oh, no. You're wearing a Nazi uniform for some reason. What? Okay, <laughs> this is not good. <laughs> no, never mind. You can rip off the label. Oh, no. That's- so... It must have been given this to me by apparently actual existing uh, and possibly dead uh, extended family. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm. Love it. Daniel! Did I, I tell you about that story? No, you didn't. Uh, That's real? Well, yeah. Um, well, yeah, because uh, I am a quarter Austrian and I've said to my dad, it's like, uh, which I've said before, it's like, you know, I kind of, I like the idea that I weaseled out of so many dark histories where it's like, one, I'm only like third generation American, whatever. Sure. Uh, so it's like my my previous family d- doesn't ha- didn't own any slaves. And then I was like, plus my Austrian grandfather was born in America. So mm-hmm. wasn't involved, wasn't in Europe during World War II or anything like that. So and was, the other part of you is full on kick-ass Mexican. Yeah. And so I was like, so I, I we out of that. And my dad goes, well, no, you actually have like a ton of extended family who are like, not, who are like Nazi sympathizers and, oh. and actual Nazis. Cause like, it's like, yeah, you still have family. They were still in Austria. And I was like, oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> on that note. Yes. Cue the theme music. That's the theme music. Okay. Daniel, please. Your question that Rasputin holds in his hands like a glittering ball of forbidden knowledge <laughs> is name this fictional spy. Okay. All right. Let's see if I can remember that. Okay. <laughs> okay. It's not that hard. I got one in my head right now. <laughs> All right. Daniel, for 20 points. No, I don't want to. I think oh, I'll lose. You're just make a guess right away? Yeah, I was going to say, if you have one in mind. I mean. I feel like we should do like a hit out of the park one, which would be fun, like a, a fun thing where <laughs> you can like you can lose. It's a catching the snitch moment, yeah? Yeah, or either, let's see, we should find a good punishment for that. You can you can guess. No, I don't know. Anyway. But you got to say all your answers backwards. <laughs> Maybe. Okay. Let's not worry about that. Daniel, please, select a number between one through ten. I will pick. Mm-hmm. Number nine. Number nine. Oh, this is a good one. Uh-huh. Gate nine. Here are two 
of the taglines to two of the most famous adaptations of this fictional spy's stories. Okay. One, not for honor, not for country, for his wife and child. So, you know, it's a male. Okay. And number two. Big surprise. <laughs> 27,000 nuclear weapons. One is missing. Gabriel? Mm-hmm. I know the answer. All right. Gabriel, this is Jack Ryan. Daniel, you have done it. You yes. have escaped with a perfect score. Oh, my God. My first perfect score. Yeah, I think yeah, so. I, I've never, because I usually I get like like one or two gates in or whatever. Yeah. So, okay. Wow. No, honestly, th- yeah, that was very, very, very lucky. That was me. a very lucky pull. Uh, because I, I think I've actually heard that second tagline, but like the first one was like, I think that's Jack, or it just made me think, oh, I think it's Jack Ryan. And then the mm-hmm. second one was like, no, that's, um, wait, hold on. That's, uh, is it some of all fears? Correct. Okay. The cool. second one is some I of saw all that fears. in theaters. Hey. Wait, so who was your first guess? Uh, no, it's like James Bond. Oh, <laughs> all like, right then. My first guess is like, wait, is this just James Bond? <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Some of Fear is actually a pretty good movie. I think uh, Ben Affleck played Jack Ryan. Yes, yeah. correct. Okay. So, Daniel, you have one. You now have a perfect score of 10. Yay. Rasputin is rolling on the floor, crying of rage. Fuck you, Rasputin. You escape. You kick him in the balls. Yeah, fuck you. But that doesn't kill him. Nothing does. <laughs> so here are the rest of your gates. Okay. Gate one. The creator of this fictional spy had no intelligence experience. They were... Oh, I had he, they. I'll switch to he now. Okay. He was rejected from the Army Reserve Training Corps due to myopia, requiring him to wear thick eyeglasses. Okay. See, that that would have been a good hint because clearly that, that takes away both George Smiley and, and James Bond. Yes. So, okay. Number two. <laughs> five famous actors have portrayed this fictional spy. Okay. That would have been a good hint. Yeah. Three. Generic book titles this character has appeared in include Dead or Alive, Debt of Honor, Locked On, and Command Authority. Uh, uh, yeah, those kind of sound like Tom. Uh, cause like, yeah, those sound like Tom Clancy novels. I, I feel like I heard the one before. It mm-hmm. was, um, what was the second or third one? Dead of Honor, Locked On. I think Dead of Honor, I remember seeing that on a bookstore. Mm. In a bookstore, not on a bookstore. On top, on of, top of a bookstore, because okay. they weren't accepted for money. <laughs> Number four, this fictional spy has appeared in books, film, television, and video games. Number five, this fictional spy has made an appearance in at least 30 novels. Wow, really? Yeah. Jesus. There's a bunch post-Clancy after he died. Okay, that makes sense. And he also is like in the Rainbow Six books, etc. You know, there's only there's only a technically ten George Smiley books, but it's like mm-hmm. most of Lecrae spy novels that are that are Cold War spy novels. Are just, Solid. Okay. Number six. Uh-huh. This fictional spy, the character specifically, mm-hmm. was born in 1950 in Baltimore, Maryland, to an Irish Catholic family. Yeah, okay. All right. <laughs> Number seven. I mean, so that would have ha- that would have like further kind of like taken away. It's like okay, not British then. Okay. Yes. Cool. This fictional spy made his debut in 1984 mm-hmm. in The Hunt for Red October. Oh, that would have been a big help. Before. Well, I, I didn't say that. Oh, you didn't say Okay. No, I added that. Number eight. The creator of this fictional spy was born in 1947. Okay. Very vague one. Yeah, probably, number yeah. nine, you guessed. And number 10. The creator of this fictional spy was one of the only three authors to sell two million copies on a first printing in the 1990s. Jeez, wow. The other two were John Grisham and J.K. Rowling. Okay, cool. I mean, good for those. Daniel, you have joined the Perfect Score Club. Woo! How do you feel? I, I feel I feel finally pretty good. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, because uh, usually I was, I, uh, even though uh, I, I was a major creative force behind Gatekeeper, uh, mm-hmm. so far technically I've been like the worst at it. It's like me and then Katie. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Katie. 
Poor Katie. Poor Katie. Poor Katie. You can never win, gatekeeper. Fucking fight us. Sure. Uh, (laughs) Daniel, do you have another recording for us before we go on a break? Sure. Well, speaking of Katie. Speaking of Katie. Just so so we can really force Katie to listen to an episode of Gatekeeper. Yeah. Because I don't know if she'll listen to it otherwise. So, Mm -hmm. Gabriel, this next message is from the AP Film Gals. Yeah, the Film School Professionals. Film School Professionals. This is from both of them, Katie and Commits, and Black Metal Malu Marones. Correct. All right. So, without further ado, here they are. Well, hey, slow readers gang. Hello there. Gabriel, Daniel, (laughs) it's us, your AP film friends. Yes, film school professionals, here we are. That's us. Oh my God, (laughs) and guess what? Not only do we watch things a lot, we sometimes read. Eventually when we can and when we understand the words on the page. That's right, Malu (laughs) understands more words on the page than I do. That's not surprising at all. Oh, thank you, Malu. <laughs> You're nice. welcome. <laughs> All right. Well, we have been asked to say what our favorite reads were this year. Uh, Malu, what was what was your favorite book? Well, personally, into a very personal level, yes. Little Women <laughs> by Louisa <laughs> Mayalka, the love of my life. Thank you very much. How about you, Katie Cat? Well. On that note, Daniel and Gabriel, we need to freaking, <laughs> we need to yes, pick up do. on the second half of Little Women like we never did. Slash, that is a me asking, that, that is me begging you guys to make me, force me to finish that book. I, I have the worst habit of starting a lot of books and not finishing them. Louisa and Greta uh, Gerwig would be extremely disappointed if they knew I know. your habit. Listen, listen, I'm disappointed in myself, Mallow. I don't need it from you as well. And uh, yet, I give it. <laughs> thank you. Thanks. Um, my favorite read this year, I believe, I would say it was The Historian by Elizabeth Kostova. Mm-hmm. It's really good. It's a fictional historian book. That is not a, that's not a sentence. That's no, I mean, guys, you're, you're I need doing to good. read more. I would be way more literate if I read as much as you all did. But anyway, it's about Dracula and it's really good. It's so good. I think everyone should read it. So that is our picks of 2020. Hell yeah. And um, we hope to talk to you guys soon. Love you guys. Happy year. You guys are the best. Love you. Mwah, mwah, mwah. Just bye. So that was Katie Kometz and Mal Morones of AP Film, taught by film school professionals, the other podcast produced by Top Gallant Radio, where the two of them create their own film syllabuses because they were not allowed to go to film school. We love them. They love us. So please check out their show at your leisure. They're a great time. They're starting a brand new animation only syllabus this week. So please check that out. Yes, Katie, who has said on air that she will that she's not interested in anything vampires, yeah. but ha- but her favorite thing that she read was the historical Some Dracula shit, which was yeah, it's it's an influence. What's by next, Dracula. Katie? Anno Dracula? Yeah, for real. All right. So that said, um, let's start to break. Okay. When we come back, we're going to talk about her feelings. And we're going to cover the final two <laughs> messages <laughs> from prior guests. <laughs> Gabriel. Okay. Throw to break. I'm on it. Welcome back. Hi. Dear listener readers. How are you? To... Slow readers. I'm still Gabe. I'm still Daniel. And we care about you? We, yeah, sure. We're going to go out for a pack of cigarettes for a couple months. Yeah. But... 
Stay there. We're going to hang out with the Cray twins. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're going to gamble all your college funds away. Cooler people to hang out with than you, child. <laughs> <laughs> Call me back when you got some balls. Don't be a spy. <laughs> Don't be a spy, ball kid. Speaking of spies. Yeah. Gabriel. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. How did so? Uh, uh, hopefully, we didn't get uh, too much into this in the first part when we we're talking about what we read from the pigeon tunnel. Yeah, but Gabriel, don't be beastly to your secret service. Don't be beastly to your secret service, Gabriel. Yeah, how did you like reading it? I liked it a lot, like a lot, a lot. Mm-hmm. Like I really, really, you know, it's not often that I, and I guess this, this is this is a weird strike against me. It's not often that I enjoy the prose. That, you know, that it's not quite my medium. I know Daniel's a novelist and I'm a, more of a screenwriter. Mm-hmm. So for me, getting the, getting the message in a story across is usually a matter of quickness or pure voice. And I, had, I personally like reading autobiographies and memoirs, but I really enjoyed reading his prose. And I want to like, I, I, I don't want to, to like make this an attack on other authors, but... I like his long, long paragraphs because of his very British use of commas that I find that I find it difficult to read things by like Cormac McCarthy or other other people who write long paragraphs because they don't like using commas and it drives me fucking wild. For me, what I like about what John Cray's writing does, it feels very speech heavy, feels very British because each independent clause, each thought is separated by a comma, which makes it very easy for me to process in my brain what's happening. When I see a long paragraph with no commas, I know I'm in for it. I know I'm in for pain. And John makes it really, really easy to read these long, thoughtful, multi-clause, nearly run-on sentences that I find very charming, very funny, on, very you're, smart. You're on first-name basis with him, huh? Yeah, my main man, John. <laughs> me and John. Me and Lacare. Yeah. I'm Dave. The square. Yeah, me, me and the square. So I, 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 this is a bit of an eye-opener for me. I, I was always vaguely curious to read his books, but now that I've read some of his prose, I'm like, oh, wow, this is fun and light, and the writing is, is immaculate and it's smooth, and I really, really like the way it goes. The story itself, I mean, I only got the vaguest impression of his life, but it's cool, and I want to read more, and that's basically the width of it that I got, I'm in. What about you, Daniel? It's a nice, it's a nice entryway. Yes, okay. very much so. That's cool. After this, uh, yeah, no, it'd be nice to to, to, to to be like, well, here, read. Well, I actually don't have it. Um, here, read uh, the, the spy commits in the cold. Stinker, failure. Which is a very short. Golber and sh- thighs. Yeah, that, what? Sorry, I go. <laughs> what was that? Yeah, you heard me. I didn't know. What? <laughs> oh, I, I tried to change every Tinker Tailor. Oh, Tinker Tailor Soldier? Yeah, yeah stinker, failure. Goldper. Someone yeah. someone said it in a podcast, like accidentally called it. Uh, <laughs> was it Katie? T- t- Tinker seamstress. T- <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Did you ever see that episode of Bob's Burgers that's based on Tinker Taylor? Mm, no. It's a good one. I don't know if I did, but Tina has to weed out who is the spy mm. in her Girl Scout troop. <laughs> I like it. It's called Tinker Taylor Tina Spy. Okay. I Tina Taylor Soldier Spy. That's That sounds familiar. I don't, I don't know if I've seen it. I've seen, only seen so many barbs. Same. Every time I've seen it, I love it, but I never commit to it. Yeah, I don't want to. It sounds like, it seems exhausting. But that said, um, yeah, no, again, big, big Lecrae fan of the Lecrae stories that I've read. Yeah. Um, How many have you read? Oh, like four. Like four or five, maybe four or five, maybe. Uh, I've read a uh, most recently um, uh, 
a delicate truth. Mm. Shit, is that what it's called? <laughs> <laughs> Which is uh, great. It was actually it, it was one of his stories that felt actually fairly breezy. Okay, um, because I would not call a delicate truth. Yes, sure. Uh, yeah, because I would not say that that was the, easy like, breezy pumpkin puss. He's not. He's not a breezy guy. And I've, uh, I also just before I got the audiobook for this, I got the uh, BBC dramatization of uh, a perfect spy. Cool. Which is again is about BBC Radio. What's that? Yeah, there, there's oh, actually that's awesome. there's actually a bunch of them. You can actually oh, get I'd like love a cl- to listen to those. It sounds yeah. great. Also, because again, like some These of them are perfect for that. Some of them you're also just like, God, fuck, Perfect Spy is long. I want to yeah, read that one. It's but. just dudes in wet suits having terse conversations. Fucking count me in. Very dry conversations. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no, no. I, I yeah, I I really dig him, and I think that there was this awesome kind of like this new thing for like the past decade about like people being like, Oh, you know, look, hooray makes for like really good film adaptations. If you can get them right. I believe that. And again, Tinker Taylor made it kind of look easy. It wasn't because Tinker Taylor is a fucking long ass sprawling yeah. novel. Like if you look, if you remember the structure for Tinker Taylor soldier spy and then it you opens read with Mark strong, right? Yeah. The book and uh, the movie begins with Mark strong's character, Jim Preto, uh, who's in multiple books, including I think a legacy of spies. Um, <laughs> And that, uh, but yeah, that's not how the book begins. The book begins with, I think, George Smiley being <laughs> just grumpily walking down the street, being like, God damn it, my wife's cheating on me again. That's so funny. <laughs> like, not even joking. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like, yeah, then you hear about the story, uh, I forgot what it's called, Operation Testify, which is how the movie begins, which is very quiet, very terse, and very, like, like suspenseful. Mm-hmm. In the book, it's, it's, it's like an actioning packed thing that happens midway through where it's just because like a, where Jim Perdue gets like kind of ousted, like behind enemy lines and has to like escape on Jeep and he's being shot at and eventually crashes. Okay, cool. So like, it's weirdly like, it's like, wow, it's actually more actiony. I mean, it's still realistic and everything like that, but anyway, Brad, uh, but no. Um, so yeah, I, I didn't know how much I was going to get into this. In fact, I thought I wasn't going to read too much of it. I see. So instead I gave it to you and I got the audiobook and just let it play. Um, and I got, about, I'm like about halfway through now. I'm going to listen to the rest of it most definitely. Um, but no, it's really great. There's lots of anecdotes. I keep, he keeps alluding to stories that are going to be included later in the book. Uh-huh. I didn't get to them. Okay. Uh, one of them is a really great story by, I think the guy's name was Nicholas Elliott. Yes. Nicholas Elliott, who was like a really, really close friend to, uh, Kim Philby. Mm-hmm. And like what happened, like, uh, when, I think that the, uh, uh, Kim Philby was like kind of like ousted from MI6 at the time and he was working in Lebanon and like in those last years before he was completely like discovered as like a, a as a spy and like Nicholas Elliott like came to him and was like what's wrong you're a drunken like depressed mess uh, you're you're trapped here your wife doesn't know what's going on and then like Kim Philby kind of like like he kind of got Kim Philby to admit to being a spy Ew. and like like yeah it's such like a weird kind of dramatic thing that it's like jesus christ this shit's real i think uh, that's what's super cool about what he does yeah you know like i i always make this comparison that um something like serial is so fascinating because the crux of it at the end of the day is you until someone admits it you never know if someone's lying yeah he's and been like, under yeah he's been under suspicion yeah, for like d- decades the, the capability too. like yeah. the utter the utter abyss that is another human being who is lying to your face is truly more terrifying than most things I can imagine. Yeah, and it's it's fascinating because, it, again, a Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, which is kind of loosely based on, like, the Kim Philby thing. Mm-hmm. Um, like, yeah, that whole thing is just about... 
like uh, LaCroix kind of tells stories about like, it's like, I remember seeing uh, like the trial, like the videotape trial of like Kim Philby about like when they're interviewing people about like possible like collusion and, and, and actual double agencies. Mm-hmm. And like, like when they ask Kim Philby, Kim Philby gives like this really kind of like smug kind of like grin being like, like, no, I'm not, I'm not a spy. That's, you know, <sighs> and like LaCroix just being like, how fascinating that is in retrospect. Absolutely. Holy fucking shit. Yeah. So. So that's it. Uh, no, I like this quite a bit. Um, kind of in the uh, in a weird kind of opposite way that that you kind of take this. It's like I almost, especially reading it, like Le Carre is a very very dry, old fashioned, very British writer. He's I like British writing though. He's the most British writer I think I've ever. I, I feel like there's a certain British musicality in a certain kind of prose, and his I feel like there like I I, I hear it mm-hmm. and I read it very easily. That I I couldn't speed read this, but I could read it quickly in the best possible way. Mm-hmm. That I think that if I got once I got under the rhythm, I could like churn and burn through any Carey book, but Licorice book. But I I really like like the the Britishism of it. I think is very fascinating. Yeah, and the personality of it, British wise, I think is really fucking fantastic. Yeah. How overly modest oh not overly modest like it's not like it's he's not like putting on airs he's just such a british guy yeah where like he's so modest about everything and hearing him describe it like he's not like kind of like a douchebag kind of like like all right dude you're laying on thick or anything like that but yeah he, he generally means it when he says he's very went, casual about owning his home in the swiss alps thumb because of his <laughs> book that he sold that was really good yeah like f- 60 years ago at this point yeah um but no he'll be like and i was being friends of robert redford supposedly <laughs> Robert, or he—he he was he was acquainted adjacent with adjacent yeah, yeah. to Robert Redford, being like, I wasn't a friend of his. I just kind of met him. Yeah, me and me and famous director Sidney Pollock. Uh, I just listened to his story about meeting uh, Murdoch uh, several times. Rupert uh, Murdoch. Rupert Mur- okay. Murdoch. Uh, because someone said like, Oh, why don't you talk to your buddy or Robert Murdoch? And Rupert. then Rupert. Rupert. Sorry, Robert. Um, when you say Murdoch, I think of Murdoch from the A Team. Murdoch. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not far, uh, but but uh, but no. And it's just and it's like the story about like how I met Murdoch that couple times. And Murdoch is like exactly what you kind of expect out of him. He's Logan and Roy. He he's a very very. I mean, this is kind of about his old spy thing. He has such an attent. He he has such attention towards like mannerisms, the way people speak or walk or, or anything, because that's what he was trained to do. Mm-hmm. So he, he gives that kind of like description about most people that he's met. And some of them are Murdoch. Some of them, one of my favorite stories so far is like the story about, uh, I think he's an American spy named Mo, um, okay. who was just basically like kind of charged to kind of like drive him around or like acquaint him with other people. But just like this brief moment, you meet this absolute character named Mo, this like kind of like this very highly decorated, well-regarded, but like, he's like a loner a depressive and he like lives alone with like a cat or something like that at the time i don't know it, it's just yeah do you think mo is short for maurice or morris i never think about it too much i don't know any Mo's. i haven't met a mo in my entire life i've met female mo's but they're usually like monique yeah like monique or something like that. that's a good yeah. point um but like male no i always assume male mo's which mm-hmm. for some reason was hard for me to say <laughs> male mo's male mo's flaming male mo's flaming male mo's uh are like just called mo <laughs> like, I, uh, I suppose i imagine it's maurice but or like morris maurice mo yeah what else would it be short for modesto yeah probably um but yeah Oops. um i tell you what before we go on let's return to one of let's our... listen to another one of our dear friends yes Scooby-Dooby-Doo. Sorry. I'm just reading a a pop notification about COVID. All right. (laughs) All right. Let's see. We're going to go to 
Ah, how about this? We have two more. Uh-huh. The second last one is by our, our, our old and new friend, mm-hmm. Matt Struck. Matty B. Struck? Matty B. Struck. Without further ado, a, a two. Further adieu? Without further achoo. Okay. Here's Matt Struck. Hi, this is Matt Struck, host of Really Late Night with Matt Struck, and I was just recording some of my best reads for this year to be a part of the end of the year episode. So the first one is Born Standing Up, written by Steve Martin, which I was actually on the podcast for, and I really liked it. It was cool to see um, with a career as impressive as Steve Martin's to get the kind of pivotal points along his life that kind of brought him to where he was. And what it kind of revealed to me is that, you know, you can really enjoy where you are in your creative career. You don't have to wait till the end when you're successful to look back and really enjoy it for what it is. Kind of like um, being nostalgic in the moment and really appreciating whatever state you're in. And I've been really just embracing that and loving the process and not being obsessed with the product. Um, The other one that I want to kind of give a shout out to is Being Mean, a memoir of sexual abuse and survival written by Patricia Eagle. And I'm fortunate enough to actually know Patricia Eagle. And, you know, it's remarkable to be able to read someone's work and then also talk to them and just, um, you know, know them both in a creative sense and a personal sense. And for her to be so courageous in this book and just be a part of this bigger conversation that I actually feel like with sexual abuse and the Me Too movement is actually like centuries in the making. And I'm so happy to be alive in a time when we're actually confronting this ugly side of humanity. So those two books really have um, uh, illuminated this year. And I just wanted to say that I love you guys. I think you're great. And I would love to be a guest on again. So you know, happy 2021. And uh, yeah, 2020, it was just such a boring year. I wish something had happened. All right. Hey, everyone, that Uh, was the wonderful Matt Strzok of Really Late Night of Matt Strzok. He's our dear friend. He is the best. Please check out Really Late Night. It's online. All the episodes of his show, his late night Denver um, local access comedy show is available online. Please Mm -hmm. check them out. Matt is one of the funniest guys I know. It's a great time. Yes, and come back, Matt. We're going to do the Martin Short book. God damn it. God fucking damn it. That or the Norm MacDonald book? That or the Norm, or both. I don't care. Let's do it all. I want to fucking fucking live. Listen to that shit over again. I love that Norm MacDonald book. Dana, let's just become an audiobook only podcast. All right. I'm fine. We're just, yeah. I mean, that's really how we should have. That's basically I, what you were doing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I tried to, at least. Yeah. And sometimes it didn't fucking work because of yeah. those stupid fucking Redwall books. Yeah. God damn. <laughs> they were so. They were we both, tried. They're both good and bad yeah <laughs> no, really well, I, I couldn't like play video games through me either yeah. it was it was exhausting it, it was it, it was it was not good all right uh gabriel yes daniel uh shit is it hazy memories time it is oh fuck you know what uh, uh i tell you what, let's do hazy memories then i got one last message it might have right. something to do with hazy memories believe it or not uh, gabriel years from now uh-huh. when you remember having picked up a little bit of the pigeon tunnel and you're like i remember reading 15 pages from that and then what's going to be that thing that comes to your mind? What is your hazy memory? That's interesting. I don't know. Uh, I read it very quickly, mm-hmm. but I suppose, weirdly enough, I guess I'm going to remember more of the introduction, the preface, than I am with the actual story. Yeah. I'm going to think about, like, whenever I see Alec Guinness from now on, I'm going to think about him and his process and the glass and the cufflinks, which I think is really <laughs> great. I was just thinking about him in Lawrence of Arabia and being like, he was really good in that, despite the whole brown face thing. 
but the actual image in my mind is probably going to be more of like like the the quiet comfort of skiing of Sidney Pollock and like his, I, I love the way he describes people mm-hmm. I think that's so great and just about how Sidney Pollock he made up they were working on an adaptation at their like at the Swiss at the fucking ski lodge and Sidney Pollock decides that oh no I'm gonna get good on skiing fucking now and he does <laughs> and they have a great time and then when he meets the ski instructor he like falls in love with the guy being like dude you're so fucking interesting we're gonna make a movie about you and then we're gonna make a movie about this and it never works out and John Le Carre again the pillar of modesty being like none of them worked out but we had a great time oh none of it worked out but everything and then I then I came out then I uh, then I gained some in like notoriety in town for knowing Robert Redford even though that's not true so I, I I think ultimately I like I like the stories and man leaves behind and yeah. this dude is goddamn chock full of them. And again, this whole thing is nothing but but stories. But like instead of meeting Sidney Pollock, it's like the fucking head of the Palestinian cause and all that. Yeah, so, Daniel, uh, fifteen years from mm-hmm. now, someone's gonna pin you to the wall and be like, "Hey, did you read the Pigeon Tunnel by John Le Carre?" And in honor of our dear friends at the Whip Around Podcast. Uh-huh. Um, every up on Wednesday, Johnny B. Johnny. Johnny. Johnny <laughs> <laughs> B. Horny. I was a Johnny B. Good. Shawnee Hayes and Philip Horta bring you all the weird news you need every whip around on Wednesday. All the things macabre and science are brought to you in honor of them. Mm-hmm. Tell this man who's pinned you to the wall what you will remember about the Pigeon Tunnel first parts. Well, I have, yeah, the first half of this. Well, I actually have hazy memories because oh my I, God. I, I read the first, like, 20 30 pages of this like, like shitting back me, when i got it and then i was like that's really good i'm gonna put it aside because i have really bad add yeah. um and i'll have new uh, hazy memories as well so far um my old hazy memory is i and i've always mentioned this before where he talks about there's a section where he talks about like i think this is from the introduction actually okay where he mentions like all the other like spy novelists who like either did or didn't work for like like yeah. the, the agency and like they all had to be like kind of questioned and kind of like scolded. Uh, that one, the one guy who like uh, was probably like the least well known between it was like Mom and Green, mm-hmm. and there's like that other guy yeah. who was like a total dick about it. Mm-hmm. Who like apparently like they like someone said it's like he's using the fucking like call signs that we currently have in use. Like what an asshole! Uh, and he's like, yeah, so he's like, yeah, suck my dick, put me mm-hmm. in jail, I don't give a shit. Um, and like, yeah. And then like Graham Greene and, and, you know, all these other people just talking about like, which is, I don't know, again, like coming at this, I, I think at the start you're, you kind of like uh, attach yourself to like names you kind of recognize, like for example, Sidney T- Pollock, Graham Greene, all yeah. them. And then like, as it goes on, it's like, it's, well, maybe it's cause I'm, a, I'm not as much of a, a worldly person as I probably should be, but like, yeah. it's like. Also, you know, we were born in the eighties. Born in the eighties. That means we're dumb. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so we, we're not quite so aware of all the weird world events that we should have known from back then. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I remember nothing from AP Euro. I wasn't in AP Euro. I remember the small Caldic League, and that's about it. I don't know. And the defenestration of Prague. Me, uh, I don't even know what that is. I remember the goofy shit. I, I, yeah, no. Um, moving forward, though, I think I have new ones. Uh, one of the uh, really interesting stories. I don't know how familiar you are with the Constant Gardener. I've seen the movie. I know of it. That's uh, all. But uh, it begins with um with like an activist being killed who's played by Rachel Wise. Um, <gasps> but the person the who best was, eyebrows in the biz. The person who who uh who inspired that. Uh, character uh, who who didn't die then she actually did d- die in like I'm sure if you look about it kind of suspicious like car accident oh my um, but the character who inspired her he has like a whole chapter d- 
like dedicated to like let me tell you about this 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 uh this french woman who has this fucking crazy exciting life um including like kind of details that clearly weren't also mentioned on her wikipedia page which i skimmed and i was like damn the the section everything like that but very very interesting woman she wrote an autobiography 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 wow uh which is called (laughs) i think woman with a thousand children or something like that where she like at some point was like a a strong activist and uh and strong arming businesswoman uh, like dedicated towards like saving children who were like kind of like you know left to kind of like rot across the world and everything that's awesome very very interesting section you'd probably you'd probably really enjoy hearing about her too um so yeah no i do like children that said yeah hey international women of mystery are fucking fascinating you know Mm -hmm. it's a thing where like if you he'll even talks about himself where it's like yeah no but most people operating these things were all men because that's just how basically it's like yeah he has a great description in the thing of being like that being caught wearing the wrong the wrong size and shape skirt and yeah. being the one with the wrong eye looking at it could ruin your career. Even though, like, he even says as much. It's like, meanwhile, that guy at the top is clearly having a homosexual affair with yeah. this one other guy who works with him. And he's having people cover up for him. And yeah, there, there's a whole crew that's basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, that kind of, like... Corruption happens on all levels. Yeah, and also the idea that, like, he he even says that's kind of, like, his whole point about, like, institutions and, like, uh, secret service agencies where it's, like, it's that kind of, like, they're technically supposed to stand for, like, this is, like, the moral center of the nation, but, like, it's not. It's (laughs) not. It's goddamn not. Anyway, uh, so uh, speaking of hazy memories, Gabriel, our last message from our friends is by our old dear buddies from the East Coast. From the Whip Around podcast? From the Whip Around podcast. One word, not the Fox News show? (laughs) Yes. With Doc Phil Octopodes Laporta Mm -hmm. and Johnny B. Horny. And Johnny B. Shawnee? (laughs) Johnny B. Shawnee. Uh Uh-huh. Gabriel, without further ado, the Whips. All right. Hi, this is Matt Strzok. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, 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 wait. (laughs) Please keep that in. Yeah, that's staying in. Okay. (laughs) Here are... Okay. Here are the Whips. Give it a snap. Hey... Slow reader citizens, how are you doing? This is Dr. Phil Laporta from The Whip Around, along with... Sean Hayes from The Whip Around as well. Who, of course, you might also recognize as being the genesis of Hazy Memories. Oh, hey, that's me. That's him. But we're here not to talk about ourselves, even though we are hosts of The Whip Around podcast. Available wherever fine pods are cast every Wednesday morning. But we're here because the Slow Reader Boys have bothered us. And they want us to talk about our favorite things that we read this year. Yeah. That's me doing color commentary. <laughs> so I have two things that immediately came to mind that, that I enjoyed. One, nonfiction. Um, and, 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 well, actually, no, they're both nonfiction. Now that I look at it closely. Would you hurry just, up? We just finished the drinking episode, and this is a good time to record and talk about serious things. Grow up. <laughs> So the first one that came to mind was something I read early in the year. It was uh, Teaching Magic, which if you are a magician or if you are a teacher, Teaching Magic by Eugene Berger is probably one of the best books I've read in terms of being able to connect with people and being able to communicate an idea clearly, how to really get to someone uh, both in stage and on, you know, in front of a classroom in an emotional, meaningful way and get them to connect with what you're saying, what you're selling, what you're teaching. And I think that was, uh, for me, probably my favorite book of the year. Uh, and it's a beautiful book by one of the best magicians of the 20th century easily. Uh, that's, that's my first pick. Sean, how about you? 
One of the, uh, this is not a new book, but I discovered it in okay. 2020, is uh, stand-up comedian Doug Stanhope's, I'm going to say probably his biggest, he's written several, but like his biggest success of a book, Digging Up Mother, uh, a love story. Uh, it's, I know. Talking all about, uh, it, it sort of fuses a lot of phases of his, especially his early comedy career, along with his relationship to his mother, whom we find out at the beginning of the book has long since died. Uh, of of an of an illness, and I don't want to give too much away, but it is it's a it's a f- hilarious, crude, uplifting, incredibly eloquent for a gutter book. Like it's so <laughs> good for a book that has no pretension. It's it's raw. It's hilarious. It's equal parts sort of confessional and just it's like a love letter to to like a guy's mom to like a crude guy's mom. It's a it's a it's a surprisingly beautiful gem uh, from an unlikely source. So a nonfiction book. Highly recommend digging up mother a love story. Doug Stanhope. My fiction pick of the year is also, along with uh, my buddy here, it's an older book, but I reread it this year uh, because it was the assumed book that I was going to guest on Slow Readers for. Uh, And so I reread Shadows of the Empire this year. Oh, wow. Is that the Zizor book? Yes. Yes, it is. And uh, I'll tell you what, it's it's a fantastic read. Uh, If you have been enjoying The Mandalorian, but maybe didn't look at or didn't read any of the fiction that came uh, out in the, the late 90s, early aughts, mm-hmm. uh, that follows uh, the, the uh, basically, this is, you know, it's a no longer canon book, but it's so well written. It's very intriguing. It's not about your, it will, fo- it follows Luke and, and Leia and Han, but everybody else is sort of in the background. And it's well, it so follows Zizor too. This other well, it, villain character gets his own perspective, I'm just saying. Which, which he does, but I'm thinking like in terms of like the normal villains that you think of. Are, they're all manipulated and their you know, machinations are in the background. I think it's a wonderful, wonderful Star Wars universe story. And uh, I just worry that because it's not canon, now people are going to forget about these kinds of books. And I think it's worth uh, I think it's worth the pickup and worth the read. And in case you're wondering, it takes place in between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. And it's a it's a damn fine book. I don't know if my fiction choice for the year was in 2020 or 2019. I think it was 2019. doesn't really matter. It's a recent uh, Stephen King book. I'm a Stephen King fanboy and proud to say so. Uh, I have not liked some of his most recent stuff, but this, I think it's his second most recent book, uh, The Institute, about a uh, a very – it's a slow burn in the beginning, but it ends up being about uh, uh, kids in this this, – this institute, Phil, uh, oh, that is a, a place novel. that has ulterior motives, of course, but we get this this strange thing for very gifted, psychically gifted kids. Think Harry Potter, but in, a, in what would happen in America t- to like a Harry Potter type kid? And it's a Probably little not good. And it's a little worse than what you're picturing. But uh, the, the connections that are made between these these the way Stephen King can portray kids it's not always perfect but there's a lot at the heart of it he gets right um so in the spirit of it sort of meets a kind of i don't know uh, a sort of v- almost kurt vonnegut societal criticism winking thing so it's this sci-fi book with a whole lot of heart a lot of suspense and just a lot of fun uh it, check out the institute by stephen stephen king i think he's going to be a big deal I think this is, I, I, this guy's going to make a mark. <laughs> it's possible. It's possible. And I'll be honest, I didn't dive deep into a lot of recent writing. So, yeah, um, this year it's been rough. 
<laughs> yeah. It's, it's, Didn't they say uh, quick? We're taking fucking forever. Well, you're fucking welcome, you explitter motherfuckers. Yeah, bye. We love you. I said bye. <laughs> Get out. I love hearing drunk Sean in film that like having having been on this show multiple times and I'm usually the one coming like coming along bringing alcohol but no it's 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 bliss to hear them drunk I don't know I don't know if Sean was yelling loud enough Uh, (laughs) (laughs) but uh, yeah speaking of which uh, Sean I have also uh, read uh, the Institute this year a very good book Uh, uh, I was gonna say like uh, yeah only so many. Yeah, Stephen King may have been a bit, a bit hit or miss uh, this past decade or so. But... Hey, The Outsider was like like a crusher for me. Outside, yeah, Outsiders like Outsider and the Institute were both pretty great. And I'm I'm almost done with Mr. Mercedes, and I really, I really, <laughs> I loved half of Mr. Mercedes that I read. Then I was like, this is great. I'm gonna read something else because I have really bad ADD. Hey, look, the Pigeon Tunnel came out. Yay! Uh, and then, but uh, no, I also really liked the last uh, Dark Tower book, which came out like I think eight years ago or whatever. Oh yeah. Yeah, so that counts as well. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah, no. So yeah, great, great hearing from those so, doofuses. Thanks to everyone who sent us a message yeah. for the show. We love having you as our guests. You know, we're, we're big fans of all of you, and that's why we have you on our show. So thanks so much for suggestions. Thanks for all your contributions. Yeah, we can't wait to have you back again in our new rejiggered formula this year. And it's great uh, hearing all your uh, uh, favorite reads and, and and your sausage stories and your weird <laughs> long sausage story <laughs> uncredited. Oh, I love that sausage story. Yeah, it's oh so good. God. <laughs> Do you think like Christy just got like really high and just like told us a story she made up? I don't know. I don't. I, I can't tell if she's higher. Do you think it actually happened to her? It's a, it's like a Life of Pi scenario, <laughs> maybe, yeah. where she's the bird it's and like, like her family is a sausage and a mouse. I was I was I was the the mouse. My dad was the sausage. My mother was the bird. Correct. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I don't know. Hit us, hit us up, uh, Christy. Let us know where that story yeah. fucking came from. <laughs> it was great. I loved it. I really did. Um, but no, yeah, and it was great hearing about all like the the, the books and everything. Yeah, no, uh, that's that's all cool. Hopefully, we can all talk about these True books I read, and I definitely want to read uh, the, the Ballad of Black Tom and, and yeah. those other ones. Uh, but yeah, no, uh, uh, yeah, uh, I tell you what, that's we're gonna put a we're gonna put a break to all this and yeah. just say, Gabe, mm-hmm. um, what were do you, was there one last thing you want people to pay attention to and and look at and and gawk at my plargs, your plargs, um, ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't done it already, please check out Self Evident Asian America Stories. It is a cultural heritage documentary podcast about the Asian American experience. I contributed to season one, episode three, the talk we're supposed to have. I'm very very proud of it. It's about my life. It gets fucked real their season two is going on strong they're an amazing show please go to the website make a donation join a subscription it's it's really just doing phenomenal work and i'm so proud to be part of their um rotter family um also um they don't need my plug but check out one bad mother the show i produce for maximumfun.org it is a show where uh biz ellis and Teresa thorne do all sorts of comedic discussing about the trials and tribulations of being a parent it is a great time it's a very funny show um fuck if you're an interesting person email me maybe you want to be a guest on the show i don't know maybe maybe felix taylor is actually like a really big author in england yeah felix taylor he's a talent who knows (laughs) so that's really great i love being part of that show Mm -hmm. i can't wait um fuck follow me on instagram at read.richards and follow all of our friends who pitch shit Escape the podcast. I'm um, a improvised Wikipedia podcast. Really late night. If Matt struck, uh, Christy Brandon's comedy on our Instagram, and it's always it's all downhill. Mm-hmm, AP mm-hmm. film by film school professionals, and uh, the whip around. Did I miss anyone? Uh, John. 
I said him first. Yeah, you said that right. Okay. No. I think it's everyone. I think it is. I think it's everyone. All right. I, mean, I wasn't paying... If I forgot, I'm sorry. I, I wasn't paying 100%. Attention. You already said it. Yeah, we, we... Listen, this whole episode has been those doofuses been talking God about their damn goddamn fucking shit. shit show. All right? You know, I like... They, I have they keep dumplings talking. to cook. They're like, yap, 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 whatever. But Daniel, I'm on... Yeah, me and reed.richards at Instagram.com. There you go. Daniel, please plug. I don't know. You want to burp again? I can't. <laughs> All right. And vomit. Uh, yeah, no, this is... Uh, sorry, I was going to make emails. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, you can follow me on Twitter at Topcon Radio and Instagram at Slow Readers. Uh, you can check out my fiction anywhere. Get your eBooks, uh, but specifically get the uh, physical Kobo. copies on Amazon. They are a Cook in the Kingdom and The Shadow from the Deep. Kobo is very fun. Uh, that's where I get all my word counts. Uh, <laughs> uh-huh. It's very. It's my cheap sheet for that. Cheat sheet, not cheap, cheap sheep. sheet. Um, and yeah, no, uh, and oh, yeah, you can check out all the podcasts that I've been uh, uh, involved with in the past de- uh, decade. Decade? Just wow! Oh, I wish that's on my list. Yeah, I was gonna say that was a, <laughs> but no, all the all the, the podcasts I've been working, I've been helping out with the past year. Uh, you can get Wondery Plus right now, and maybe possibly very soon you can get them all on uh, Amazon Unlimited. I don't know. Who knows? A, a month from now or Daniel's, two months. Daniel's but a a a foot soldier in the in the Wondery War. Not even. I'm a scalp hunter uh yeah, being yeah, uh yeah it, it, under the under the umbrella of, of wonder <laughs> stealing um, speedboats and uh so yeah no check check that out i'll be stealing speedboats uh and uh no no uh, check them out they're they're all they're all they're all good all the wonder shows just whatever yeah all, check them out they're good yeah um and yeah and then that's uh fuck guys see you in a month two months we'll see we'll be back for sure some shit you'll check it yeah just keep an ear out just goddamn yeah, be yeah. fucking cool yeah man send us reviews we mm-hmm, need you mm-hmm. Yeah, send us reviews through Twitter and Instagrams. Let us know. Until then, have a great 2021 so far, guys. Yeah. Fucking live. All right, Jesus. God damn it. Top Gallant Radio, brought to you by Daniel Gonzalez and Gabe Mara.